when I look back on our first, well, actually when we were under construction yeah, and I was there on Saturday in November or something, I called my partners and said, there's not a car on the street right now. What what wow. are we thinking? Yeah. How are you we mean gonna, this was back 20? This was 20 years. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 20 plus years we, ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Right. How are we going to open a restaurant down here? You know, uh-huh. like, don't worry. It'll be all right. Yeah. Easier said than done. Don't worry. It'll be all right. You're only pouring your heart and soul and money into a business that is starting in an area that has faced decades of vacancy and different redevelopment plans. It turned out all right for owner of Peg's restaurant, Peg Dalton, who you just heard, and her restaurants over the years. You'll hear all about her journey next, but first, welcome to the first ever episode of Round the Bend Now and Then, a podcast that shines a light on the South Bend and Mishawaka area. Through interviews with local business owners, leaders, and community members, our listeners and I learn together about all of the great people and great things going on in our community, as we also learn about South Bend and Mishawaka's history and how intertwined our past is with our present. Since this is the first ever episode, I want to take a moment to introduce myself and describe my vision for the show. My name is Matt Emery. I'm a lifelong resident of our area, Adams High School graduate, class of 1996, IU grad, happily married husband to my beautiful bride and blessed father to two wonderful sons. I'm a longtime two-decade-plus educator in our local schools, so my roots are deep to our area. I'm passionate about the South Bend of Mishawaka area, and I love learning about its history. My vision is to share that passion with you as I meet with local business owners, leaders, and community members and hear about their journeys and hear their stories. The format that I envision for Around the Bend Now and Then may have some episodes where the focal point is on an individual or their business or organization. Other episodes may focus on an event, a place, or time in our local history, and then I bring in guests to learn more about it. I think in the first several episodes, you'll get a real sense of what I envision the podcast to be like, a good mixture of our past and our present. For example, in this episode, I meet with Peg Dalton, longtime owner of downtown South Bend restaurants La Peeps and now Peg's. Her block, the 100 block of South Michigan Street, was quite the hot topic in the 1970s and 80s as our downtown was being transformed during the urban renewal era. So in the next episode, I meet with former South Bend Mayor Roger Parent, and he shares his memories of downtown urban renewal during his time on the city council and as mayor. Another business that I already wanted to highlight was Griffin Games and Bookstore on Colfax. I mean, it's been downtown since 1976. How cool is that? Ken, the owner, has seen so many changes over the years, so in our third episode, I meet with him and he shares such a beautiful journey that he and his late wife, Sarah, started almost 50 years ago, including being directly impacted by the same exact urban renewal redevelopment projects. It's truly amazing to hear all three of their experiences and how they are all directly or indirectly intertwined around that same 100 block of South Michigan Street. Now, Let's jump into Peg Dalton and her journey as a small business owner in South Bend, Indiana. What started as a part-time college job in Bloomington, Indiana, 
has turned into Peg Dalton's life work and service to her community, a community that she loves deeply and takes her role in serving very seriously. But next, we take it back. For a moment, we talk about growing up in South Bend. She shares where she grew up at, where she went to high school, and we also talk about shopping in downtown South Bend when she was a kid. So are you you from the area? I am, yep. Where are you from? What high school? I went to Clay High School. Clay High School. Yeah. All right. So you're a Clay Colonial. I sure am. South Bend. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. I'm a Adams Eagle, of course. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What, as a kid growing up, what were some of your just favorite memories of South Bend? Well, I have to say, um, growing up on the north side, we kind of stayed there. Yeah. I mean, we came downtown uh-huh. to um, Robertson's and yeah. JCPenney's. And rem- remember when the downtown had the mall and it was mm-hmm. kind of closed off and yeah. you could, you know, walk in the middle of the street. Uh-huh. Um, but we didn't we didn't go downtown a lot no. uh, when I was older. My dad was a member of the Summit Club. Uh-huh. So we had uh, special occasions there. Right. Um, but we just... We didn't go downtown a lot. You know, we went to Scottsdale Mall when Scottsdale mm. Mall was there. That was a huge adventure yeah. for us. We'd get on a bus at Notre Dame and go to Scottsdale Mall. And okay. the University Park Mall was built when I was in seventh grade. So then that became the, the spot. Know, I was right. right up the street. Right. 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 Yeah. So when you were growing up, it was already at a time when folks had started heading towards the malls. Yes. And 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 everything like that, yes. yeah, yeah. And that would have been quite a haul for you up north, all the way south to Scottsdale. So yes. Oh, but you rode a bus. You we said. took a bus, yeah. Which, like I said, was big for us. I mean, we were, we just kind of stayed in our own. We mm-hmm. we had so much in Swanson. Yes. All of our friends, mm-hmm. the school, a pool. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we we didn't have to go far to right. find fun. Exactly. Yeah. It was all right there. It sure was. Yeah. And you didn't have to mess around with these cell no, phones. No. And- my mom would say, you know, we'd go to the pool. She'd say, just be back by dinner and yeah. run home for dinner and go back up for the evening swim <laughs> I love session. it. I love yeah. it. These yeah. kids have no clue, man. No, they don't. <laughs> they, they don't have their mom or dad yelling at them to come home to eat dinner. They're right. already home. Yep. <laughs> A little background here. She mentioned heading downtown and when they closed Michigan Street to traffic outside of J.C. Penney's and Robertson's with the outside mall, the Riverbend Plaza. Many of my listeners probably don't know the downtown J.C. Penney building as a building where you shop at. We knew it as a building where you did shots at. We knew it as the nightclub's heartland or club fever. But in the 1970s, Michigan Street in that area was closed to traffic. They installed fountains and benches in the street to somehow mimic a shopping mall feel. That was at a time when our downtown was losing retail shopping fast to Scottsdale Mall, University Park Mall, and by then the Town & Country Shopping Center had been there for a while. And it's ironic that at the same time Peg was shopping downtown at Robertson's or Penny's as a child, there was a decade-plus-long debate on what to do with the land just north of there, where her future business will stand 20-plus years later in the 100 block of South Michigan Street. If some of the redevelopment plans the city had been planning with private developers would have gone through at the time, La Peeps or Pegs as we know it today would definitely not be in that little area. Next, you'll hear how Peg's relentless work ethic started as she was basking in the sunshine of Swanson Highlands neighborhood pool. Then, 
we talk about her first job in the restaurant business when she was attending pretty much the best school in the state, IU in Bloomington, Indiana. When you were at Clay High School, did you have a high school job? I did. I actually, I um, I was a lifeguard. Okay, and, at Swanson Pool? Yep. Nice. Yeah, for four years, I was a lifeguard there. And then I also worked at um, Gilbert's, which was a men's clothing store at the uh-huh. mall. They had a couple other locations. In fact, I think they had one downtown. Okay. But I worked at the one at the mall. So you worked at the Gilbert's at Scottsdale? No, at University at UP? Park. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And you, I think Gilbert's downtown, I think that was the homeless shelter now. I'm oh, all, I think it, I think I'm you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. That the Gilberts is the the homeless shelter now. So you worked at Gilberts in the mall mm-hmm. and then your lifeguard too. Yeah. Okay. So you don't work in a restaurant at all. No, that didn't happen until I was in college. Speaking of college, where'd you go? I went to IU, Bloomington. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So you went to Bloomington. I sure did. B Town. Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's where um, that's where I went, and that's where my money goes now. Because our uh, we have a, our senior in college goes down there. That's awesome. Yeah, so I he's going to graduate. My both of my daughters went there. As oh, well. Awesome. Yeah. My son's a lot more calmer than I was, and and so he, I think his experience is a little bit more laid back than mine was. I we right. we, we tended to have a lot of fun. <laughs> so did we. <laughs> so did we. We were there when IU won the national championship. Eighty-seven. Eighty-seven. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. so that man that would have been that would have been was, neat it was something that would have yeah. been cool yeah so down in bloomington did you um you said you worked in a restaurant down mm-hmm. there where where did you work um so you know mccree's here in yeah. south bend uh-huh. um there was a franchise mccree's deli in bloomington and that's where okay. i started in the restaurant business went to get just a part-time job and wow. um then I became a manager there, and then I worked for them for 12 years. I moved back up here and worked for Jerry McCree. Oh, so, okay, so you worked down in Bloomington, and then you moved, ended, back, up moved here back up here and worked and, yeah. for the same. Yeah. Okay, okay. I opened six different restaurants with and for him. Golly. Yeah. yeah. Next, we talk about Peg's dive into being a small business owner when she had some opportunities to form partnerships to open a couple of restaurants. So you're in McCree's in Bloomington. You moved up here, worked at McCree's. What uh, what was the next landing spot after McCree's up here? Um, so I had a friend come to me and say that she was going to open a wine bar, and would I be interested Ooh. in doing that with her? Uh huh. And um, uh, I said yes, and um, designed the menu, did the build out of the place. I mean, we literally were scraping wow. the paint off the ceiling uh-huh. and. Um, so what was that? The wine bar was the vine. The vine. Yeah. All right. Yeah. At the time it's, well, I was, we were, we were just talking, I was talking to one of my buddies about like the old Mishawaka brew co company, the Uh microbrewery on main street. And they, they were like one of the earlier like microbreweries and now they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. Was that one of the earlier, I don't remember. It for sure was the, I'm sure it was the first wine bar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Mary had, a lot of knowledge about wine had been selling wine, I believe, at that point, or was starting to. Uh-huh. And um, I knew I knew nothing about wine. Yeah, twelve years out of college, married, and have three children at that point. Man, yeah, and to basically learn. Mm-hmm. New. So anyway, it was it was a really really fun adventure. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot. I um, helped get the business started. The partnership didn't go exactly how I wanted it to. Uh-huh. Right. And um, then another opportunity came along and. Uh, that's 
how I got into the breakfast business. Was the other opportunity La Peeps? Uh-huh. I'm going to read you something from February 16th, 2001. You probably know the article, but it says, quote, 15 years in the restaurant business have been enough for Peg Dalton to realize the importance of a backup plan. This means she won't be in panic mode early Saturday morning if the cash register still hasn't arrived at the new La Peep restaurant in downtown South Bend. A cigar box will do the trick. Saturday and Sunday are only for practice anyway. Her staff of 36 will demonstrate their omelet and pancake making techniques on some downtown business people who have been invited to a sneak peek. Yeah. Gosh. Yep. So almost 22 years ago. Unreal. Yeah, it really is. It it really is amazing. It's it's been an amazing journey. Oh, I'm sure. Man, what was going through your head at first when you took that dive? Well, I had I had partners. That's um, right. And they were the ones that asked me to do it. They okay. Uh, okay. They both um had other you know uh, real jo- real jobs. Yeah. <laughs> where they were going to make some money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, but they wanted to open. They were familiar with Lapeep from Indianapolis, and so they wanted to open one. But they had to have a partner who um had restaurant experience. I see. So a friend of mine introduced me to them. They said, "Are you interested?" And I went and checked one out in Chicago. I and see. So, man, um, that's a risk. I mean, it was a big risk. That it was that's seriously a big mm-hmm. risk. And and at the time, your kid your kiddos were younger. Or yes, or, yes. Wow. And I um had to go out to Colorado for two months to train. Oh. So my um husband at the time uh-huh. uh was home with a an eight a six and a four year old <laughs> for two months. So he whipped them in, in shape. They were making their own lunches when I came home. Darn right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we mentioned taking a risk there. It was definitely a risk at the time to open a restaurant in downtown South Bend in the late 1990s. And I do want to be clear here. I completely understand that our downtown area will never be like it was in the 1950s with all of the shopping there. I can tell you, however, that from my perspective, the activity in our downtown now in 2023 is way more than what there was in the late 1990s when Peg and her partners opened up those restaurants. When she opened Peg's, that building, the Leighton Plaza on the 100 block of South Michigan Street, was brand new. There is a Tribune article from August 19, 1999, describing the dedication ceremony to Leighton Plaza. Quote, Leighton Plaza is the crown jewel centerpiece for downtown South Bend's renewal, said Reverend David Morrow at Wednesday's dedication program. And it was a big deal. I mean, that plaza has several different buildings making up 80,000 square feet. And at the time, there were numerous different newspaper articles touting the new development. But get this, that land on the 100 block of South Michigan Street, for the most part, sat vacant empty for 20-plus years going back to the 1970s. In the mid to late 1970s, that exact same block was the hot topic of the day. Developers and some city leaders wanted to build the Century Mall in that same area to bring retail back to downtown South Bend and compete with University Park, Scottsdale, and Town & Country shopping centers. Over a several-year span, the city purchased building by building, and as a part of a federal urban renewal program, they demolished them 
to make way for the Century Mall. Well, very, 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 very long story short, obviously the Century Mall was never built. Former Mayor Roger Parent and I, we talk about it more in depth in our next episode, but you can definitely see that it was a risk to start a restaurant in an area that literally sat vacant for two decades. But 20 plus years later, I think it paid off. Next, we talk about some early challenges of running a restaurant and wait until you hear how much of a grind those early years were. Do you remember what were some of the early challenges when you first dove into it? Uh, well, I can't believe we had 36 employees. Doesn't, I know. I read that. I thought that's like a lot. sound like staffing was a, was a problem. <laughs> yeah, like, not, like now. Not like now. <laughs> um, what were some of the challenges? Um, oh, you know, we didn't know the business. Mm-hmm. We didn't know the the trends. Um, so it was a real learning curve the uh-huh. first year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I was there a lot that yeah. certainly is typically a challenge in the mm-hmm. restaurant business. You're you're there a lot if time. you want to be successful. Right. And right. um I'm a real hands-on uh-huh owner. Yep. I there's not a job in the place I can't do and right. actually do pretty well, uh-huh. you know. Um and so stress could get high when yeah. you're pretty much we were 7 days a week, 363 <sighs> days a year for 18 years. Christmas and Thanksgiving? Christmas, that's right. Yep. Wow. And occasionally we would close on New Year's Day. Uh-huh. But otherwise, um, I would uh, ask the staff, do you want to open New Year's Day or not? You know, and <laughs> they'd say they want to open, we'd open. Man, that's yeah. that's a lot. That's grooming. That is challenging. Yes. And man, that is a grind. That's yes. a total grind. Mm-hmm. Um, and you mentioned about um, knowing how to do everything and hands-on and doing everything. I mean, you're setting the example for all your folks as a yes. leader of the place. Yeah. Everything speaks. Yes, it does. And I that has always been my management style uh-huh. to lead by example. Yep. And um I uh, I I think I'm I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. Most and, of the time. And guess what? It helps time go. You're not Oh gosh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> it sure does. I mean, just yesterday we were short staffed and um, and we said, Wow. The day's going really quick. Yeah. That's the one. That's the one good thing when you're busting tables. Mm-hmm. Day's going by fast. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> we talked earlier about changes that businesses must make in order to maintain success. Next, Peg shares the story behind quite the change, a name change after 17 years. You got out of the franchise right. of La Peeps. Yes. And then now it's Peg's. Yes. Talk to me about it. Like, and you don't need to go any financial details or anything, but just in general. Well, it was something that I had a tug to do for quite some time. Okay. I'm on the executive board of the Downtown Dining Association. Okay. And uh, everybody's locally owned. I was locally owned and I bought my partners out about 10 years in. So at this point, uh, I own it, but it's a franchise. Mm -hmm. And um, my downtown partners kept saying, Maybe you should get away from yeah. them. Maybe you should uh-huh. change the name. And so I actually had um, the In Focus group do mm-hmm. uh, through Notre Dame. They, they want to help uh, retain Notre Dame students, but mm-hmm. it's not just Notre Dame students. Okay. It's um, from several different colleges. Okay. But they got um, just I think two thirds of the way through the study and said, "We don't want you to pay us any more money because 
Wow. You should do it. Really? For sure. You should do it. So um, that gave me the yeah. understanding that it made sense. And I, I didn't understand so many people... Many people weren't familiar with Lapeep from anywhere else. Uh-huh. So I, they, they thought it was local. Hand up. When yeah. I read it in a few years ago, when you, you know, opened your on, on your own, I didn't know it was a franchise. Right. No yeah. clue. So, uh, so that part, that piece of it, where all along I thought that I was getting some national brand name recognition. Uh-huh. You, I'm sure I was a little bit, but right. not as much as I had hoped for. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that piece of moving away didn't, didn't hurt at all. And, um, my name happened to work, work <laughs> out to put another, another G and yeah. have the word egg in it. Speaking of changes, in 2020, the world was faced with changes, the pandemic. Next, we talk about how it impacted the business and her restaurant family, her staff. The grace that she and her business partner, Kelly, led with is a prime example as to why her place is so loved. And she did not take anything for granted. Man, um, a couple years into it, the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. Talk to me about yeah. all that. Kelly and I uh, just knew that we decided that every decision we were going to make, we would say, is it good for our staff? Is it good for our customers? Okay. So anytime we made a decision. Mm-hmm. So the very first decision was to just close. Right, right. And uh, so we called, we we wrote a big check and went and got some cash from oh, First Source Bank and yeah. called the staff together and... Wow. Told them that they all needed to get on unemployment. Yeah. And here's some money until mm-hmm. you can do that. Right. And uh, Kelly is not only an accountant, but she's much more conservative and way smarter with her money than uh-huh. I am. Yeah. I hadn't been, I, I, I never have made decisions by what's this going to cost me. Yeah. If somebody asks for a donation, I give them a donation. Mm-hmm. And then a month later, their board is sitting in my dining room, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just right. kind of how it's always worked right. out for me. And right. so when I said, I think we should go get this money, she said, well, how do we know they're going to come back? Yeah. And how much money should we take? I said, how much money can we take? Uh-huh. You tell me the highest yep. number. That's right. what we're doing. Right. And uh, and she did, and she always she, she is more conservative, but she's also got a very generous heart. So mm-hmm. she comes right around. We find the number that we both agree on oh. and uh, called the staff together, told them to get on unemployment, hand them money, and said, come back over the next few days and empty out the cooler. Wow, yeah. we have all this food. Uh-huh. And uh, so um, so that that's how that happened. And then we, um, we did Zoom calls and phone call check-ins. Um, mm-hmm. We actually said... We're gonna take two weeks off. Let's yeah. let's take two weeks off and do nothing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we did that, and then we got back and started strategizing. And part of that was to stay in real close communication with the staff. Yep. So we did that, and um, making sure they all were receiving their unemployment, uh-huh. and did they need anything else? And mm-hmm. and there were a couple that said, "Can't figure it out. Haven't gotten it done yet. I'm not right. eligible. Whatever." So mm-hmm. we went to the bank again and helped them out. And, yeah, and. <sighs> um, we at the time we, we were laying off 27 employees. Mm. We then, as we started planning the reopen, which we were closed for a little over two months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, mm. we 
talked to the staff about what what they wanted to see mm-hmm. different and talked about schedules and um, just stepped back in when they were ready. We we um, something was dependent on what the mayor was saying. At yeah, the time. a lot of it had to do with mm-hmm. the regulations yep. and everything like yep. that. Right, right. And and all of the down the down we we also stayed in touch with the downtown restaurants. Our our downtown dining association. We yeah. did several Zoom calls with them. Uh-huh. We pushed the mayor. I remember sitting in my backyard having a phone conversation with him mm-hmm. saying, mm-hmm. we really need to, you know, get right. get moving along. Mm-hmm. We've we've done, you know, we think we've done what we, we can do. Right. So oh. um, we just inched our way back. We When we first reopened, we were only on the patio and only on weekends. But once we moved inside... We were we were very very strict about yes. mask enforcement, yes. and um, uh, we we know that that paid off because we have a lot of older customers, and and even to this Good day, point. we have customers that say you are the only restaurant wow. we come to. Even still, I got goosebumps because that, that that that's telling. I mean, yes, that is they watched us, they yeah, saw us everything sanitizing speaks. everything. They saw everything you know speaks. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's something else. We made it. We made it, and but that not, not for a minute did we take it for granted. And wow. every time you heard a restaurant closing, yeah, we said, okay, how do we avoid that? Mm-hmm. How do we, you know, we went after the PPP money yep. and mm-hmm. socked it away because mm-hmm. uh, we knew we had to. Right. Right. And uh, we gave all of our all of our employees now are making way more money than they did wow. before, mm-hmm. and. Um, we're paying more and our front of the house staff is still making incredible money. People are so kind and generous. I mean, they really are. It's clear that Peg understands that her place often means a lot more to people than just a brick and mortar building where you can eat breakfast and lunch. And over the years, Peg has experienced some touching stories, happy and sad cool stories of customers over the years like uplifting stories or just uh, anything yeah. like that there's there's quite a few uh-huh. um took a customer out to lunch who uh just recently moved into a uh, retirement Aww. home and uh she said to me um just how how welcome she feels when she comes in yeah. and um she said she congratulated me i mean it was really it was really sweet and kind of really nice to have that moment with a customer before uh-huh. i came to do this yeah. just to remind me because I can uh-huh. kind of forget mm-hmm. what we've built. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's really something. So she was congratulating me on the business that I've built. Uh-huh. And uh, I said, well, I, I I didn't do it alone. Right. I am surrounded by people that care about the business, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. care about our customers, and uh, understand the importance, not just of customer service, mm-hmm. but of getting to know the customers and uh, so that has been um, something that I always knew innately, mm-hmm. and I take great pride and I, I get great joy from getting to know the customers. And also, just one thing I noticed, Peg, in, in all those articles that I was reading, just just to to kind of prepare like a timeline and everything, you always use the word "we," "us," yeah. never "I," never right. "me," and that that means a ton when when you know, you're leading others and, and everything right there. It's it's us. This is our, you know. Yes. And so even you talking here, you know. Yeah. Everything speaks. Yes. <laughs> everything speaks. Mm-hmm. 
uh, as I mentioned, just having lunch with this woman today, yeah. she um, she and her husband had been coming. She she said today they probably started coming in about 2005. Okay. And uh, they were St. Anthony parishioners, uh-huh. and they just came came every Sunday yeah. after church. And their favorite server uh, was named Penny. And I mm-hmm. have a cool story to tell you about Penny, but okay. um, uh, she waited on him every time they came in, and and he would he would always give her two pennies, you know. <laughs> make, <laughs> be a smart make, yeah, yeah. And um, so he got sick about five years oh. ago, and um. We were close enough with them that Kelly and I went to see him in mm-hmm. his um, nursing home, and then he passed away. And yeah. she asked us to do his funeral luncheon and oh, asked wow. for Penny to come help with it. And of course, we did. And wow. um, she and her daughter were in last week. And uh, her daughter, I hugged her daughter, yeah. who lives in Florida. I hugged her, and uh, she said, "Mom, mom just has three months to live." Oh. Yeah, and and so this woman has been a part of our lives for over, you know, almost twenty years. Yeah, and so uh, it's not uplifting that. No, that, but that's um, still. But it, but it. That's how connected we yes. have become with people. Um, there's, there was a group of um, people that worked for the school corporation mm-hmm. um, that would come in every Friday, and one of the women's daughter and grandson would come in and they uh-huh. would always come in early in the morning and um one day they were the only customers there early in the morning and i said hey scott wanna you wanna go on back scott was probably six years old eight years old uh-huh. wanna go on back and make your pancakes oh. and he's like can i <laughs> and so yeah, the server and he and i went in the back and we let him make his pancakes said you can do whatever you want here's granola here's here's chocolate chips and uh-huh. you know of course he loaded it up it of took course. two two spatulas to flip the thing because it was so big. And um, Scott now works at the restaurant. (laughs) See, that's what it's about. He actually goes to Adam's. Does he? Mm -hmm. All right. See, that's what it's about. So it's these, I mean, and there, there are a lot of stories like, Uh like that, that um, I had a woman come in the other day who um, her kids graduated from Notre Dame two years ago Mm -hmm. and they're getting married here in South Bend. And she said, uh, they want to have some of their favorite spots be part of their weekend, wow. their wedding weekend. So what can we do wow. here? Can you do a bridal luncheon? Can we yeah. do something after the wedding? And I got goosebumps. Yeah. Man. That's so I, neat. I said, that's so awesome. And she said, well, they love this place. And actually, they love you. She said, she said so <laughs> I don't know. You know, I don't always know if it's me or someone else connected yeah. with them. But she said, on their 21st birthday, you came out and you did shots with them. And yeah. You sat, you sat with them. And, you know, I'm like, that's so awesome. Uh, you know. They'll never forget um, that. Right, right. <laughs> You just heard a few stories of the bonds that Peg and her staff have shared with their customers over the years. What you will hear next is a live, authentic example of these relationships. Quick backstory. I wanted to be done with about five or six episodes before launching the podcast to the public. So I had been done with this particular episode for several weeks and was already working on others. My wife Annie and I just last week went out to breakfast at Peg's and enjoyed a wonderful tasty meal. But the bonds that we just heard about were on full display as all of a sudden, Peg got the attention of the people in the room and talked to them for a moment. And then she and her team busted out in a song and sang to the Crimmins family, who has had a long time relationships with Lapeeps and Pegs. Of course, 
My iPhone is always close, so I was able to record and I included it in this episode. This is a prime example of why people keep coming back year after year after year. And Joe, we're thinking about you, my man. We've celebrated birthdays, baptisms, weddings, funerals, um, and Showers. now we're just celebrating the fact that we love this family. <laughs> <laughs> I hired a big group of singers to sing to them. They do a lot of other jobs here too, but right now they're our singers. Nicole's going to try to lead us, and oftentimes we sing something that might be um, move people to tears. But we're trying to keep it a little lighter today. Oh, yeah! We love you, Brandon. Yes, we do. We're afraid of you. That's true. When you're not here, we're Being the metropolis that South Bend, Indiana is, celebrities and athletes just cannot help themselves and they just cannot stay away. And being downtown, in the thick of it, many of them have ate breakfast at Peg's. Famous people in there over the years? Had quite a few famous people. All right, yeah. talk to me. Yeah. Um, Jay Leno. Jay Leno was, was in there? Yeah, okay. he was super kind and Aww. let us take a photo with him. Uh-huh. Kenny Rogers. Yeah. Wasn't quite as kind. Okay. Didn't want, must, must not have looked liked how he looked that day. Okay. He let us do a photo, but then he said he'd sue me if I put it on my wall. I'm not kidding. I, I thought he was kidding. He wasn't. He wasn't. But we have the photo and he's dead now. So, <laughs> yeah, put it on the so, damn wall. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, the cast from One Tree Hill. Okay. Came in. I didn't know who they were because... I didn't watch One Tree Hill mm -hmm. at the time. So that was fun. They let us take a photo with them. Um, uh, my uh, my brain's kind of going blank. Um, uh, Mike Tirico and yeah. NBC. The NBC guys. Yeah. Uh -huh. You'll have to look at some point. Mike Tirico gave us a really nice shout out. Okay. Um, he said if he wrote a book, what it would be titled was Breakfast at Pegs. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, so um, awesome. through Notre Dame, we've had, yeah. um, you know, Doug Flutie and mm. um, Catherine, whose last name I can't remember, but a lot of, lot of Notre Dame yeah. people. Um, uh -huh. uh, Brady Quinn was a very regular customer of ours, uh -huh. um, His probably mostly his junior and senior year. Mm -hmm. People would come in knowing that he was coming on Sundays. They'd come in with Just stuff to... for him to autograph. <laughs> and, that is, and, and he was super gracious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, my son, um, my, so at the time my son was probably eight years old mm -hmm. and, uh, just, he just thought it was the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. And, and, uh, Brady was really kind to him and we saw him out in public once and he looked down at him and said, Hey, Connor. Oh, was just like, oh my gosh. God. So Connor, Connor, uh, had the occasion to meet, um, LeBron James about a month ago wow. and he said mom I never could have even spoken to him if I didn't have all that experience yeah. with <laughs> people from Notre Dame Dick Vitale was in and uh, oh okay yeah so um, that's cool we've seen quite a few people over the years we we have had um, many of the cast from the plays at, at, at the Morris the Morris uh -huh. mm -hmm. yep that's the um, Lion cool. King was here I don't know if you remember but they were here right before the pandemic yeah. and uh, 
they gave us tickets. We went backstage. And then two days later, the show was shut down oh, because of the, and God. some of the tickets that they gave to people, they weren't even able to go to the show. Oh, yeah. But still, that's cool though. Yes. All those people in and out mm -hmm. of there. That's neat. You know, mm -hmm. that's really cool. I just thought of another famous person that go was for in it. What's up? The Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, did they perform at the Morris or yes. something? Oh. <laughs> and I, I didn't get a picture or anything. Aww. But I knew it was them. <laughs> I'm, and I, I'm just messing around with them. They love the fact that I, I didn't know who they were at first. Yes. And I'm joking around with yeah. them, you know. Yeah. And, yeah. They probably, so. yeah. People, famous people probably appreciate not yeah. being. They want to be treated like real they people. They want, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They probably even want to wait the hour wait to, to, to right. eat. <laughs> right. <laughs> just normal people. Yep. Managing human beings is tough. Managing grown-ups is tough. But it's also rewarding because of the deep relationships and bonds that are formed over the years. Next, Peg and I talk about the challenges and rewards of leading employees. And it is most definitely a family affair. I know for a fact that managing people is, it can be quite challenging at times. Um, it's rewarding, but it's also challenging. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> managing grownups is tough. It is. Yes, actually, managing kids is easier. And yeah. I have managed a lot of kids over the years, too. We hire people at 14 years old. Uh -huh. so. so so the the kiddos might be a little bit easier, mm -hmm. even though they're a little bit greener. You have to train them. Right, but they don't come with bad habits, typically. Boom. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah, and they're they are. Uh, we get a good crew. Uh -huh. They're typically very respectful, and yeah. they want to learn, and they enjoy learning and doing something new, and they enjoy working hard. Not all of them, you know. We get some bad ones every once in a while. What are some What are some of the the challenges of managing all the people? There are challenges every day, um, but I have worked so hard. One, I do all of the hiring, and I didn't yeah. always do all the hiring, but I have for the last. Sometime, sometime, yeah. I realized that I'm I'm pretty good at reading people, right. and um, I know what I want, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I also want them to know who I am. Correct, because you're yep. coming to work, you are coming to work for me, no matter how much I say we. Oh, right, of course, of you, course, yeah. You, you sign the checks, right, <laughs> right, and and so I tell them I'm I I have a very high bar. Expect mm -hmm. you to work hard, mm -hmm. I, and you'll see me working hard right along with you, and right. um. But if you are not, if you are a slacker, mm -hmm. you, you will not like this job. Right. You won't. Right. So, hustle. Yeah. Yep. So it takes all of us to get the job done. Right. So um, I, I said to, I said I was going to come back to a story about Penny. Penny. And I, I will. But at one, one day I remember saying to her, Penny, I'm sorry I'm being so particular about this, but can we move these tables just like three inches this way? And, uh -huh. and she said, Peg, don't ever apologize about being particular. She said, that's why we're so successful. Boom. Thank you, no. Penny. Right, right. <laughs> Thank you. So, um, uh, Penny's younger sister, Gwen, uh, started working at the restaurant about 19 years ago. Okay. And uh, she still works there off wow. and on. Uh -huh. She's gone to other jobs. She might work only Sundays. Right now, she's she works at a RV place in Elkhart. She's mm -hmm. laid off, so now she's working full-time for me. She has, okay. it, it's a win-win. You don't so, have to train her. No, no. So, uh, after Gwen came Penny. And then uh, came their mother, Cheryl. And then the two brothers, uh, <laughs> Nate and Matt. And then Matt's girlfriend, Danny. 
And then Penny's daughter, Zary, and her son, Isaac. So this whole family, Uh I have been been so blessed. And when I talk about them, I I then I realize I I should make a journal about I've probably employed at least ten families where Uh there have been at least two family members working. And that is all part of how we become Mm -hmm. a family kind of place. Right. And uh we we don't we don't leave mad at each other. Yeah. If there's an issue, we we work on it today, uh-huh. and um, we have each other's back. We have to trust each other. We have, have to. to trust each other. Yeah. If I forget the butter, I sure hope somebody else remembers it. You mm-hmm. know, and uh, it it's not my table. It's Ours. I might get the tip from this table today, but you're going to wait on them tomorrow or the next yep. day, and so that that mentality um, again, if if you don't. I always ask a person to speak to me about teamwork mm-hmm. in an inter- interview. Right. If right. they don't know, understand, yep. or believe in teamwork, yep, they won't even, I won't hire them. We've talked about relationships with her customers and her staff. We would be remiss if we neglected to talk about her relationships with the community and the city over the years. And as you'll hear, the growth of her restaurants have coincided with the growth of our downtown area over the last 25 years. That is no accident. It is a true reciprocal partnership. We talked about relationships with um, with your customers, relationships with your employees, mm-hmm. relationships with the city and the community yeah. is huge. You know, not only do you need to, you know, to to understand your your customers' needs and wants or or your employees. I mean, you have to understand the the scope and the sequence and understand what's going on in the city. Right. It's a partnership. Yeah. It's it's literally it's a true partnership. it is a true partnership. Talk to me about being in downtown South Bend. I mean, if you're like me, I love South Bend. I yeah. love, love, love it. Uh, I love South Bend area. And so um, I know you do too. So just talk to me about just being downtown. Yeah, and just about I, it. I have great pride uh, in being downtown. Uh-huh. And um, I, I also take great pride in being part of the growth yes. and, and rebirth or yes. whatever. Um, uh, I... I love what's happening with all of the restaurants uh-huh. and that's been happening for many, you know, many years. I, when I look back on our first, actually when we were under construction yeah, and I was there on Saturday in November or something, I called my partners and said, there's not a car on the street right now. What, what wow. are we thinking? Yeah. How are you we mean gonna, this was back 20, this was 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 20 plus years we, ago. Yep. Yeah. Uh, what are we doing? Right. How are we going to open a restaurant down here? You know, uh-huh. like, don't worry, it'll be all right. And and I'm I'm happy to have been a part of that yeah that growth and um, it, it's all sectors it's the um, it's the business and restaurant owners it's the local government it's uh-huh. it's the police department yeah it's we're we're all it's it's all of the not for profits uh-huh. we're all working together I have literally never said no to a request for a donation. We know what those not-for-profits do for right. our community members, Absolutely. right? From the Boys and Girls Club mm-hmm. to Christ Child to, um, you know, just yes. all of them. They, Absolutely. They to the Center for the Homeless. I mean, they they all are doing their part to make our community uh-huh. better, healthier. Yep. Um, we have a great relationship with Beacon and Memorial. We yeah. we always have. They've they've been such big supporters mm-hmm. of ours and. Um, 
the local government, they they ask us if Pete was Pete was really proactive with the business owners. Uh-huh. Um, I need your support in this. What do you think about this? How can I do this better? Right. Um, uh, Mayor Mueller has just had a little different approach, mostly because he was so early on in the pandemic, right? Correct. And yeah. he's been putting out yeah. fires for a while. Right. He does uh, still work very hard to mm-hmm. make things how they should be mm-hmm. for for all of us. And he listens. He listens to what we have to say. Right. Right. We're we're, we're a voice. And darn right. That's the other thing. Then we're we're collaborating. So a new restaurant comes on. We say, what can we do to help you? I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna. Are we going to compete a little bit? Probably. You're another restaurant. It gives people another choice. But I want you to succeed. Mm-hmm. The more people want to come downtown, the better off we all will be. You know, Absolutely. the whole um, Get that all col- ships rise with the yes. rising, uh, rising, rising tide, tide lifts all ships. Lifts all ships. Yeah. Yes. So, so we all feel that way. Well, yeah. mo- we all, most of us feel that way. Yeah. And we're working very hard to make that a welcoming uh uh, collaboration. Yeah. So yeah. that was one of my questions. Uh, what type of responsibility do you feel to support other downtown businesses? Right. That's, yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I almost never eat at a chain restaurant. Yeah. I almost always eat in downtown South Bend. Mm-hmm. I, I want to see everyone succeed. Absolutely. And, and same Absolutely. with my shopping. I do what I can. Yeah. Locally. Downtown. Yep. So, yep. Yep. If you happen to be downtown the day of Mayor Pete's announcement to run for president, you'll agree that it was pretty cool. The buzz in the air was amazing, and it was definitely not your normal downtown South Bend day. And for Peg and her restaurant Pegs, that day sparked quite the whirlwind over the next few months. Uh, April 15th, 2019 was Mayor Pete's announcement. Oh, gosh. Yeah. What do you remember about that little, that, that oh, time, that day, that... It was such a, you know, that was such a great time for us. Uh-huh. Um, that that announcement day was our busiest day on record at that wow. time. At okay. that time. Okay. Now we've... You've surpassed we've that surpassed already. We've surpassed that, yes. <laughs> but um, it was quite a day, and it was leading up to it. We, we yeah. were... We... Um, Probably three or four news channels have had come in around uh-huh. that time. I did an interview with uh, um, Harry Smith because he was there. Harry was Smith it? from NBC. Oh, from okay, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. He was interviewing Pete, and then he did a little interview with me. Um, but I'm such a kind man. Anyway, so uh, we were getting all kinds of press mm-hmm. uh, because we were one of Pete's places, right. and Chicory was one, and mm-hmm. Fiddler's Hearth. So mm-hmm. uh, he. He would talk about us, and he would set things up. He he set up several interviews at at, at cool. Pegs because we could put him in a private room and it yeah. could be quiet, and right. people wouldn't know he was there or whatever. Uh-huh. And uh, so uh, we we got T-shirts printed um, that we were going to get for the staff, and then we we're like, well, we'll get a few extras, just see, we'll see if they sell. Mm-hmm. We I I don't even know I don't even know the number. I think we ended up selling about three hundred shirts over the time. <laughs> The end of the whole thing, we're mailing shirts now. Yeah. And uh, people were coming to South Bend just to, c- coming to Pegs. We heard this is Pete's place. Do you have any of those shirts? We saw the shirts, you know. <laughs> Where else can I buy this? Pete's merchandise. So, um, but that that day uh, in itself was just so awesome. There were people from all over the country and and you knew who they, you knew who they were yeah. when they came in. Uh-huh. And they were saying things like, uh, we were on a wait, of course, and 
uh, I don't mind sitting with, I can, I can sit with someone else. So you can have that guy sit with me. Oh, just some random guy just table. come yeah. sit at my table. They were just all so friendly and they yeah. wanted to, it was a huge thing for them to be yeah. there and, uh, to meet people that were there also just to see Pete. I mean, yeah. there were people, we, we actually wrote down, uh, and who did I give this list to? To the chamber, I think. We wrote down, I started writing down a list of people of where they were from. Uh-huh. You know, from Washington, wow. California, Oregon. You know, they were, I, we probably had 16 or so states that people were from. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were just so excited. The uh -huh. whole, that was a really cool time. We, um, we did a special board that, um, that, uh, was trending on on Twitter and Instagram because mm -hmm. uh, we got it to um, Pete's one of Pete's personal assistants or whatever through another connection uh -huh. and uh, I'm not gonna be able to think of any of the specials but right. they were used but Pete's it went viral yes. and it retweeted yeah when and my <laughs> kids were like oh my god mom you should see this thing yeah so it that's neat yeah and still every once in a while on some of Pete's stuff. Uh, my daughter does our social media and a lot uh -huh. of our marketing. She'll say, Mom, they're talking about you again on Pete's thing. That's awesome. You know? Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> That's yeah, cool. it's really cool. That's neat. A common theme throughout our talk has been about the importance of relationships and partnerships. Next, we talk about how grateful Peg is for her relationship with the University of Notre Dame. Just a partnership with Sal Ben, Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, there was an article in 2014 about Compton Ice Arena. It must oh, have been gosh. right around that time mm -hmm. when it had opened. Um, and you you had said that, you know, when when decisions are made at the high level of Notre Dame, they even impact little business, you know, little business person like us. And you said, you know, we're so appreciative of the collaborative effort that Notre Dame's made to make sure their guests are spending their money and their time in downtown South Bend. Right, right. So, so it's not just South Bend, it's Notre Dame and the yes. universities too. Yeah, and, and uh, so... Um, I actually sent Jack Swarbrick some of those words. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, in an email, uh -huh. and uh, Mark McDonald that owns LaSalle Grill yep. called me one afternoon and said, "Hey, uh, when did you talk to Jack Swarbrick?" I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "He just quoted you." I said, "Where are you?" He said, "I'm at the hotel motel association tax board meeting. There's over uh -huh. 500 people here." And he just quoted from your email. <laughs> like, did, what? Did he respond to your email? Yeah, he, 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 no, he didn't. <laughs> but I then didn't, he, re but then he still he, quoted you. Yeah, I didn't think he had gotten it. And so then Mark tells me this. And then I happened to see Jack Swarbrick that evening yeah. uh, at a downtown restaurant. And I went and introduced myself. And he was like, and then we just had this nice chat. So he was, <laughs> he was thrilled that, um, you know, that I took the time to thank him and that I understood that. But, um, I, I, I have, a, I, I'm a grateful person. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Like I, I have gratitude in my yep. heart most of the time. And, yep. um, so when those decisions are made, I mm -hmm. see the result of it. And I want to say thank you yes, to the people absolutely. that are making those decisions because they don't even, they don't necessarily know how they're impacting no. us. So now, and then, uh, uh, Mike McNeil, who ran, runs the Compton, um, uh -huh. He just started sending me every week. Here's the hockey teams coming in. Here's the num phone numbers. Here's who you reach out to. So and cool. we get so much business from this That's hockey. So cool. And the hockey happens uh, right after Notre Dame football ends. Okay. And so, oh, so it kind of keeps up. Yeah. And, and, you know, now we have a good relationship with the Icebox, with the Compton, with and the hotels work so hard to get 
this business, the third hotel downtown really changed our uh, the environment down there as well. But the hotels work so hard to get the teams yeah. there. And uh, we get a team and and they come back year after year. Uh-huh. I mean, we we know that. They tell us. I mean, yeah. we were here last year. You guys did such a great job. and That's cool. Um, and they come in and they're they're 37 people unannounced, you know, like, like just this real life just happened two weeks ago. And we're, we're really sorry. We're like, well, it's fine. We're happy to have you. So, um, but yeah, and uh, we, we, those decisions are huge. And, and uh, then we have just naturally built a great relationship with yeah. the students. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and a lot of businesses work really hard at yeah. that. we you know, we get lots of athletes and, mm-hmm. um, and that, that's really, really good for us. Right. And, um, is. we've been approached by several of the people that sponsor the athletes or whatever that, you know, how they can. The NIL deal now. Yes. Yeah. And I say, no, thank you. Yeah. We're going to just let it continue to happen good. organically. Good. And, good. um, good. Hopefully. I never even thought of that yeah. until you just mentioned it yeah. about the NIL. I, I, it'll it'll hurt me if I see some other breakfast place. I know sponsoring them, but that's you okay. you know what though We're, you yes and yeah. and those folks will probably still come right on back because it's authentic. So. Yeah, it's not because of a check, right? And it's not because of anything else other than they authentically like yeah. to come to your place. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. you can't you can't put any dollar signs on that. Right. As we were wrapping it up, I experimented with a little South Bend speed round where I asked some questions about our area in a quick fashion. And well, classic me, we got a little sideways and discussed why Andrew Berlin has been such a blessing to our area. Here is Peg sharing yet another example of why it's all about relationships. Well, I haven't mentioned Andrew Berlin the owner of the Cubs. Yes. And I'm remiss in not mentioning there my relationship go. with them. So I'm going to okay. say Andrew Berlin is one of the, he one is. of our South Bend's biggest contributors. And I'm going to go sideways. Talk to me. He, he, um, so when he bought, he bought the, um, team mm-hmm. when it was still the Silverhawks mm-hmm. in, uh, November 11th, 2011. Okay. I just remember yeah. that. Remember that. <laughs> 11, 11, 11. Yeah. Anyway, he has been such a, such a key part of bringing that ballpark back yes. to where, you know, yes. where it is. And we yes. have a great relationship with that team. They do uh-huh. their, their, when they come to town, they do their first breakfast at Pegs. And, right. Uh, we see the players, we see the away team, we give a discount to the away team when Good. they, when they lose <laughs> and they, <laughs> they have to ask for it as the loser's discount and uh, th- they're always laughing and That's they take funny. the discount. So, um, but it just, the money he's dumped into the, yeah. to the stadium and the, and the, the ballpark and the area around the ballpark. Yeah. Um, he, he asked me once if he could do anything for me for the restaurant uh-huh. and I said, well, I'd love for somebody from your organization to be on a billboard with yeah. me. And he's like, all right. So he did it. When he came into town to do it, I said, what, do you, what else? What are you in town for? He said, what do you mean? I said, I assume you had some meetings. Yeah, like what else are you right. here for? Because I had to schedule it yeah. with his scheduler. And he said, I'm here to do the billboard shoot. Beautiful. He said, you are a really Beautiful. good businesswoman and I want to see you be successful. That's so awesome. Yeah. So. God, that's so awesome. Yeah. And going back, the Cove, the Cove, I still call it the Cove. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was a kid. I was born in 78. I think it opened in 87. So I was like eight or nine years old. Right. It was the neatest thing to go yes. there with your little league team, with your family. You yeah. bring your mitt. Um, 
<clears throat> and then I got older and you know, when I was like 21, 22 was like the dollar Mondays right. and, and it got wild. And, mm -hmm. and, and then as soon as when he came in and bought it and then, you know, we Cubs affiliate. And yeah. since then it has been such a beautiful thing. It really has. I mean, you, I've taken my boys there as three, four five year olds. And I can take them there now as 15, 20 year olds. They right. have just the same amount of fun. Yep. I can meet up with with my buddies who might have younger children who I can just hang out with them, but then they can keep an eye on their kids running around. It's just yeah. such a beautiful thing for yeah, our downtown. A, yes, it is. Yeah. I mean, I, it is, man, I love it. Next, I ask Peg about the future. And you'll also hear why since the pandemic, she feels that she is a much nicer person. What uh, What's the future looking like? A very good question. <laughs> well, um, that's a very good question. I I, I don't know the answer to uh -huh. that. Um, keep on keeping I, on. I keep saying, why did I put my name on there? <laughs> didn't you know? Didn't want to be working this hard. But um, I I still I I love I love what I do. Yeah. I mean, I really do. I I never wake up thinking I don't want to go to work today. Uh -huh. So I feel I feel uh, really really grateful again i i get to get paid for something yeah. i love to do it's a beautiful oh. thing beautiful yes. yes now you know everybody anybody most people know that you don't make a ton of money in the mm -hmm. restaurant business and especially when you're selling eggs that are costing so much money <laughs> right quadruple. now right <laughs> um but i you know i i don't plan on working this hard forever right. and uh i didn't mention this the pandemic really changed uh, things for so many people yes. and we made it through grateful for that but we now are only open five days a week uh -huh. that is a we are only open five days a week and we close a week at christmas and a week over the fourth of july yep. so i see things differently yep. and uh i'm i'm not going to ever again work as hard as i worked uh -huh. for the first 18 years of right. this business right so i'm a ni much nicer person yeah. now. <laughs> person perspective yes. i tell you it, it did it did give a lot of us some yes. perspective and more balance possibly in our lives right. i don't know and yeah um you mentioned being grateful i mean hopefully we're all grateful for for the little things that that you know that we take for granted i think that you all will agree that peg can hold her head high and be dang proud of what she and her team have built next she reflects on the 20 plus years in downtown south bend and how amazing her journey has been at the turn of the century, when you opened up La Peeps, man, did you ever think a quarter century later that you would be a true anchor in our downtown area? No. No, I had no idea what what it would turn into. It's amazing. It, it's been uh, an absolutely amazing mm -hmm. journey for me in so many ways. I've met so many, so many wonderful people and had so many awesome experiences that, so that I, I wouldn't have had otherwise. Right. That is yeah. so neat. It's more yeah. than just eggs and food, you know? It's it, relationships and people. Yes. Thank you for listening to our first ever episode of Round the Bend Now and Then. I am so grateful that you spent your time listening and I hope that you continue to do so. If you appreciated it, please share with a friend who you think would enjoy it. A special, special, special thanks to Peg Dalton for sharing your journey with us. 
I'm sure it was quite random to receive a long message from a total stranger describing my vision for a podcast and asking that you come on. So Peg, I totally appreciate you taking the risk and trusting me to capture your journey. I truly hope the listeners got a sense of how dedicated you are to our community and how much your restaurant has meant to a quarter century of customers. Listeners out there, be sure to stop by Peg's. I don't even need to tell you why, as you just heard about an hour's worth of the why. Be sure to follow Peg's on social media. Facebook, Peg's, that is P-E-G-G-S. On Twitter, at Peg's underscore South Bend, or on Instagram, Peg's underscore SB. In our next episode, I welcome Roger Parent, former city councilman, South Bend's mayor in the 1980s, former school board member, and most of all, dedicated to South Bend, Indiana. In the episode, we discuss his book about public leadership called Getting Things Done. Then, I ask him all about his experiences in the 1970s and 80s with urban renewal in our city. As a fledgling starting podcast, please do me a few favors. First, if you like the show, please share it with others that you think would appreciate it. Go ahead and download and subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform you use. Apple, Spotify, Amazon, Google, smash that download button. Also be sure to follow or like us on Twitter, at RoundTheBendPod, or on Facebook, RoundTheBend Now and Then. Please provide me with any feedback. If you want to point something out that you appreciate, let me know. If there's something that you feel that I can improve upon, let me know. Reach out to me through email, roundthebend574 at gmail.com, or you can message me on Twitter or Facebook. Join us again next episode to learn more about South Bend and Mishawaka's now and then.